The story of the birth of Jesus is told in two of the Gospels, in Luke and in Matthew. Luke tells us how Jesus' mother discovered that she was expecting, and Matthew tells us about how Jesus' father discovers they are expecting. Today we read about how God speaks to Joseph at this life-changing moment. From Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, he took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. May God bless this reading to our understanding. When our youngest son, Connor, was around eight, he had big dreams. He was going to become a professional baseball player when he grew up, probably for the Yankees, but he was open-minded to other teams as well. As a mom... I eagerly encouraged the dream. Practice hard, I said. Keep your eye on the ball. Eat healthily. But at some point, I begin to worry. I begin to fear that this dream might break his heart. And so one day, I said to him very cautiously, Connor, a lot of kids want to play professional sports, but not all of them get to even if they are very, very good. And he could hear the worry in my voice. And so Connor interrupted me and he said, oh, mom, don't worry, I have a backup plan. And I said, phew, what is it? And he said, well, if for some reason I don't make it on the major league teams in baseball, I'm going to become a stand-up comedian. Well, he ended up becoming a professional musician, which is only slightly better odds than pro baseball, and he still has that wicked wit, and so sometimes when the music industry is a little bit bumpy, I say to him, well, you could always become a stand-up comedian. Each of us must decide when to pursue a dream and when to admit that that dream is just too big. If you want to read up on the subject of dreams, Amazon has for you 70,000 choices of books with the word dream in the title. You could read President Obama's Dreams of My Father or Pope Francis's new book, Let Us Dream. You could read Archbishop Desmond Tutu's book, God Has a Dream, or Shakespeare's classic, A Midsummer's Night night's dream. We frequently talk in casual conversation about the American dream, or we say about someone's idea 
well, that's just a pipe dream. When do we decide that it's worth pursuing the dream? At Christmas time, we dream about family harmony instead of family tensions. We dream of everyone having enough food to eat and a warm place to sleep and wars ceasing throughout the world. We dream of peace on earth when we know that it isn't reality for so many of our brothers and sisters around the globe. Though we decorate for Christmas and we light the Advent wreath, it still feels sometimes like God remains distant, and we still tremble in fear. Dreams frequently play a role in the Bible. For instance, the Gospel of Matthew moves along the narrative with six pivotal dreams, and five of them come in the story of the birth of Jesus. Maybe Matthew chooses dreams to connect this story of Jesus with the story that we have already absorbed in the Old Testament, where dreams are frequently the vehicle for divine guidance. For example, in the book of Genesis, there is this foreigner named Joseph who is summoned by the Pharaoh to interpret the Pharaoh's dreams. And Joseph says, well, that dream means there's going to be a famine in the land. And this is a pivotal moment in the history of the people. My husband is a psychologist, and so if one of us has a bizarre dream while we're sleeping, we might discuss it over breakfast the next morning. What do you think this means? Ever since the time of Sigmund Freud, we have paid attention to our dreams as an expression of our unconscious mind. I'm dreaming that I'm piloting a plane in the middle of a fierce storm even though I don't have a pilot's license. What does that mean? I'm dreaming that I'm hiking in a desert, and there in the middle of the desert, there's a, a staircase. What does that mean? We ponder these symbols to see how we might listen to our unconscious, to what's going on in our own hearts. What are we afraid of? What are we longing for? I love the way that Rembrandt paints this dream of Joseph, the fiancé of Mary and the father of the infant Jesus. Joseph is pictured by Rembrandt sleeping while slouched over in the seated position on a stack of hay bales. He's just nodded off, his head drooping to one side, and seated against his feet and resting against his shins is Mary. She's also sleeping in the seated position, her head drooping forward. It's a gentle scene. It seems so real, quite natural, you can just imagine Mary and Joseph getting tired, pausing to rest, closing their eyes for a little bit. And then, while they're both asleep, in the painting comes the golden wing of an angel and a little finger reaching out to tap on the shoulder of Joseph. Joseph is dreaming not about a career change, he is not dreaming some strange symbolic dream that he will need to unpack with an ancient seer. Joseph's dream is of an angel telling him what to do with the awkward predicament that Joseph has found himself living through. You see, Joseph has recently learned that his fiancée Mary is expecting, and there 
engagement to one another is a legally binding contract in the ancient world, and it will require a divorce in order to sever this engagement. But according to the law of God, divorce is the right course of action. Traditionally, Mary's infraction could be punished either by stoning or death. But Joseph, a compassionate man, has already resolved to dismiss her quietly, protecting her reputation, and turning and going in a new direction, starting his own life over again by seeking a new mate somewhere else. And then comes the dream. In the dream, an angel appears to Joseph and tells him, Take Mary as your wife. Raise her son, Jesus, as your own son. When Joseph wakes up, he does exactly what the angel has told him to do. He hears the dream not as a personal plan for self-development. Rather, Joseph hears the dream as God's divine instruction. He does not yawn and scratch his head and go, Hmm, I wonder what the angel meant. Instead, Joseph makes an about face, cancels his plans to dismiss his fiancée because of the dream Joseph stays with Mary. And because of the dream, Joseph stays with Mary's newborn child. He names him Jesus and raises this little child as his own son. By, but staying with those who have disappointed us, when we ourselves are in awkward predicaments, that is not always easy. It's not always easy in families. It's not always easy in friendships. My colleague, Tom R., has written a new book on the subject of joy. In the book, he reminds us of the friendship between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. I had read some of this story, but I had forgotten some of the details. Jefferson was the vice president to John Adams, but he ran against John Adams and won. And the campaign between Jefferson and Adams was so brutal that the two men did not speak to one another for another decade following Jefferson's election. Each one of these men believed that he knew what was the right way to lead this new democracy into the future, and each of them was entrenched in what they believed was right. They had a mutual friend named Dr. Benjamin Rush who encouraged the two men to reconcile. And so on January 1st, 1812, Adams wrote a letter to his estranged friend, Jefferson. And over the next 14 years, the two men exchanged 158 letters. And on the day that John Adams died, his last words were, Thomas Jefferson survives. But he did not have any way of knowing that Jefferson had already died five hours earlier, both men dying 50 years to the day after together they signed the Declaration of Independence. Now Tom points out that the hero of this story is neither Jefferson nor Adams, but Dr. Rush, who encouraged the two men to reconcile. Like the angel who urged Joseph to stay with Mary, Dr. Rush urges Adams to reach out to Jefferson. 
Sometimes, in order to do the right thing, you have to give up your rigid opinion of what is right. During these last almost two years, you and I have learned in a deeper way how right it is for us to be together in relationship. We have discovered the power of being with other human beings. Do you remember how we watched in horror in the first few months of the pandemic as people said goodbye to loved ones in COVID ICU units over the telephone instead of in person where they could hold their loved one's hand while she took her last breath, where they could stroke their father's brow or kiss him on the cheek in his final hours. It was horrific to not be with. And we watched in fear as our grandparents and our teenagers grew more and more socially isolated, afraid, and alone. And, and yes, I know, we learned the efficiency of Zoom and the ways that we can be connected with people in these miraculous ways, but we also longed for that deeper connection that takes place when we gather in person for worship, for parties, for dinners. Joseph learns in the dream that God wants him to stay with Mary. Though life seems messy, he discovers that God wants him to be in relationship with Mary. But how? How does Joseph find the courage to break the social status quo and follow the angel's divine instruction? How does he find the courage to change his already made-up mind and instead follow in God's way? Our son Connor was due on December 26th. But he arrived 10 days early on Sunday morning, December 17th at 9.47 a.m. I remember that my mom flew up from Texas to help me with Connor. Connor was in the NICU for a few extra days, and so by the time we were dismissed from the hospital, my husband Dave was already back at work. And so my mom drove me home from the hospital, and she had never driven my car, and she had never once driven in the snow. And I remember seeing her white knuckles on the steering wheel as she drove this precious cargo home in the middle of the snow. And I felt bad for her, because here she was, taking this risk to be with me, to help me. And as we drove home, I reflected on how I had said and done things in the previous decade that had hurt her. We had not had the best mother-daughter relationship in that decade, and I wish now I could have handled some things differently. A few days after we were home with the newborn, my mom was in the kitchen cooking Christmas dinner, and I was back in the bedroom resting. It must have been one of those moments of postpartum depression because I remember there, I was lying there in the bedroom in the dark, weeping silently in the middle of the day with no explainable reason. And I remember my mom coming and standing in the doorway and asking me quietly, are you okay? I think so, I said. And in that moment, I knew that all would we be well. She was with me. She was there for me. And I knew that all would we be well. 
And I think this is what happened for Joseph in the dream, that he discovered that God would be with him though life was not turning out perfectly. God was with him. God was his companion. God was intimately present to him, with him. And in the dream, Joseph remembers that he was told that this baby will be called Emmanuel, God with us. You see, not only is Joseph going to be with Mary, and not only is God going to be with Joseph, but in this one named Jesus, God is going to be with all of us, all of humanity. It is the most audacious dream of all. Really? God of the universe? God the creator of all of life? God the one who seems so distant, so mysterious, so far, is going to be with us, hanging out with us. And isn't that our deepest longing? Kate Bowler teaches at Duke Divinity School, a minister, a divinity school professor, you would think she would understand about God. But Kate was 35 years old, and her son had just turned one when she started feeling the most unexplainable and excruciating abdominal pain. She would be on her way to teach class when she would just double over in pain and have to grab onto the wall until the pain passed. But doctor visit after doctor visit, test after test, revealed nothing wrong with her. One day she sat in the doctor's office and she said, I'm not leaving here until you order another battery of tests. A few days later, Kate was in her office at the Divinity School when the nurse from the hospital called and said, you must come, you must come today, you must come now. She had cancer and it had already spread. Kate wrote a book called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. And in the book, Kate writes, in those first few days after my diagnosis, when I was in the hospital and I couldn't see my son and I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't say for certain that I would survive the year, I felt as though I had uncovered a secret about the faith. Even in lucid moments, I found myself with these feelings I couldn't explain. I kept saying the same thing to myself, which is, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. At a time when I should have felt abandoned by God, I was not reduced to ashes. I felt like I was floating, floating on the love and the prayers of all those who hummed around me like worker bees, bringing notes and flowers and warm socks and quilts embroidered with words of encouragement. They came in like priests and mirrored back to me the face of Jesus. The dream of God is that we would recognize that God is already present with us.